Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Yeah, NBA free agency is a fun place. And last night, if you were paying attention to just the woge bomb after woge bomb. Trigger. You were up late. <laughs> Let's just say that. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornett. He is Bart Scott. We are filling in. Shake and bake. For the guys this morning, breaking down everything that's going on in the NBA, but especially with the New York Knickerbockers, because yesterday, let me just give you a little quick recap of what the Knicks did. They did a lot of re-signing, essentially. Uh, Derrick Rose, three-year deal, $43 million. Backup center, Nerlens Noel, three-year deal, $32 million. Uh, Alec Burks, three-year deal, $30 million. That is equivalent to a non-tax player mid-level exception other teams could have offered, by the way. And then they also added former Celtics wing Evan Fournier to a four-year $78 million deal. Okay, and so the Knicks did lose Reggie Bullock. Um, he had some big moments for the Knicks last year. He is no longer with the team. He goes to the Dallas Mavericks. And so all these moves had Brian Windhorse, our ESPN NBA insider, on this show earlier today from Tokyo saying, yeah, you know what? Not so impressed with what the Knicks did yesterday. Well, I was kind of surprised by the decisions that the Knicks made. Um, they really brought back the team and – they're paying them a lot more money. Um, and de- the, probably the most surprising contract is Derrick Rose getting $14 million a year over three years. Now, we haven't seen all of the details on that and whether it's fully guaranteed. Um, they did go out and sign Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier uh, led the French to a victory today and uh, said he wanted to resign with the Celtics. Celtics apparently didn't want him, and so he moved on to the Knicks. But the Knicks just sort of spent a lot of money and only maybe marginally got better. And that comes a couple of days after the draft where they traded back in the first round two times. And so they had all this momentum. And look, they they didn't have a free agent that they could land. It wasn't like uh, Kyle Lowry was ready to come or, or, you know, but they just didn't, they just sort of were blah. And maybe it works out. They overachieved last year, but I thought they were at the precipice of leaping forward and, I'm just not blown away by their by their free agent period. Okay, so Wendy not blown away, Bart, at what the Knicks were able to accomplish mm-hmm. over the last 24 hours in terms of free agency. However, perhaps Wendy would be blown away if something like, you know, what Stephen A. presented yesterday on the jump happens. Only way you throw everything out is if Damian Lillard says, I want out of Portland, because I'm here to tell you. If Damian Lillard wants out of Portland, and I'm not sure he does yet, his number one choice is going to be the New York Knicks. Ooh, really? I heard it right here. Ooh, inside I, no, his number one choice is going to be the New York Knicks. Ooh. Now, not over Portland. He's trying to stay yeah, there. Right. If it can work out. But if he decides to leave, I'm betting the house. Ooh. It's the New York Knicks that he'll want to go to. It's a big house, too. Stephen A. putting up his crib. <laughs> All right. So who do you agree with more here? Wendy, in terms of not exciting what the Knicks did, or Stephen A., things could get exciting here over the next few days. I mean, I, I think that, you know, they have a move in mind, and they're keeping their options open. When you think about a guy like, you know, Nerlens Noel, you know, a three-year deal is a, a deal that's enticing to a team that's a contender, especially after the first year. You, you have them under control. It's not a, a crazy, um, you know, contract at like, what, $10 million, a little bit over $10 million. You think about Alec Berg. You think about Derrick Rose. So I think, you know, if put in the right role, carried this team last year, but also he's a guy that's a glue guy, so he brings all the intangibles. He brings you all the, the grit that you get from a guy like P.J. Tucker, but he's a guy that offensively too carried that team at times last year, and he's, he's a great mentor to Quigley 
And, you know, I think if he's in that six-man role, you know what I mean, that, that allows them to have some firepower off the bench and gives them a, a really a six-man-of-the-year candidate. And remember what the reports were. The reports were that, you know, the Chicago Bulls were very interested in bringing him back and having a reunion back to his hometown and also the place where he had where he was the MVP. He's still only 32 years old, I believe, of age. It seems like he's been around forever. So I think that was a good signing, bringing guys back and bringing that core and adding a guy like Fournier there. And maybe it is still another move out there for them with DeMar DeRozan, giving us some guys that you can put the ball in their hands so you know Julius Randle doesn't have to facilitate the offense. We saw that he was exposed a little bit in the playoffs. And, you know, he can't be your best player, but right now what options do you have? You know, I think the Knicks are waiting around to continue to go the same route of the Brooklyn Nets to show that they are a good organization ran by comparable people, you know, people that people can respect and they can be the cool team like Kevin Durant said they weren't. So when that next Kevin Durant presents himself, maybe next year in free agency, they're going to be a place and a destination people that want to come play. Okay, well, let's just keep it all the way 100. The Nets are the cooler team right now. Yeah, right now, right? But remember who the Nets were. But at the end of the day, you know, the Nets are the team that couldn't sell out the playoffs where the Knicks were, you know, you know charging the surplus. Around, yeah. yeah, trying to tra- charge a surplus. So in this city, they may be the better team. I don't know if they're the team that has the hearts and the souls of the uh, Metropolitan area. Yeah, okay, that's fair. At the end of the day, the New York Knicks finished fourth, okay? Ahead of them in the standings as of right now were the 76ers, the Nets, and the Bucks. Now, you would argue the Hawks are better than them. Yes. The Heat got better than them. Uh, the Bulls made some new, some moves. Yeah, I'm not saying they're yeah, not better. Than, okay, relax. I'm not oh saying they're better than the Knicks, but I'm saying they've made some moves now to be uh, in the discussion at least. Yeah. And, and and so when you look at that, is what they've done enough? If Let's take out the Damian Lillard argument because there's a lot of ifs there, and obviously yeah. he his clear-cut obvious thing that he wants to do is stay in Portland, although I wasn't getting any alerts about Portland last night, so right. just saying that. But if Damian Lillard goes to, the, goes to the Knicks, it's a whole different conversation. Right, but but if if they bring in a guy like you know Demar Derozan comes in, are you looking at them you know slightly different now because now they have you know a, a guy that's a big you know big guard or big you know somebody who can facilitate the offense and a guy who can go get you buckets, a guy who's averaged twenty points or more throughout his entire career, a guy that's still young, so it's still moves that can be made. And, and when you look at these contracts, it looks like they still have a lot of flexibility. They didn't give anybody any long contracts. They didn't panic and say, okay, Julius Randle, you you were you the most improved player in the NBA. We think you're something better than what everybody else looks at because I feel like he was exposed a little bit. So I think, you know, if they put the same effort and grit that they had last year, and they're about player development right now. They, they don't want right. to go out and, and, and spend a lot of money and, and be able to – you know, strap them down financially where they don't have any flexibility in the future. Can Obi Toppin take the next step, right? You talk about they brought a lot of teachers in last year. Thibodeau's a teacher, right? And then they went out and they got a lot of teachers, you know, um, to, to fill this staff up. And it's all about player development until an uh, 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 opportunity presents itself for them to go get a megastar. And if Dame Dollar, you know, becomes that superstar, because if he's out there looking, he's saying, okay, well, I got the AARP club out there that's running it back with the hot tub time machine, you know, out there with you know, all the guys that they brought, right? You look at McGee was able to go to, to Phoenix. So now, you know, you know, you think about McGee and, like, you know, pair him with Aiden. He's a guy that's going to – who was sought after because he's a, a, a big that can play the pick and roll – championship pedigree so everybody out in the west got better but portland so if i'm dame dollar at some point i'm gonna get frustrated as well because it's looking like i'm coming up empty-handed what if carmelo leaves and goes to the aarp club or he puts the banana boat crew back together that's just continue to take pieces from dame dollar so at some point they may make the decision you know what we have to you know cash in our biggest chip which is dame dollar and rebuild and start over because we can't compete and dame going to the playoffs isn't enough anymore 
Everybody no. goes to the playoffs nowadays, right? Especially but he's been, in the NBA, yeah, yeah, but he's been exited, you know, the first round, the first four times, yeah. right? So I think at some point maybe that frustration level continues to boil over, and Dame, who's been loyal to a fault, you know, says, you know what? It's time for me to be loyal to me. And he calls up Tom Thibodeau, and he comes and brings his talent to the greatest arena, the most famous arena in all of sports. It's funny you bring up the Nets and the Knicks because, to me, they couldn't be more opposite, like, at all, in terms yeah. of philosophy and what they're doing. What do the Knicks do? They player develop. What did the Nets do? They went and signed superstars. What do the Knicks do? They, they, Tim, Tom Thibodeau is known to wear his players yeah. down, to make them feel callous, to right have them up. have some grit, to play mm-hmm. defense. What, what did the Nets do? Well, defense wasn't their number one thing. Let's start right. there. And also, they load manage everyone all the time so that everyone could be healthy or end up getting hurt, it seems like, yeah. down the stretch. They're complete opposites. Yeah, but let's, let's press rewind first, right? And what were the Nets? How did the Nets get to the place where they can attract – uh, Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving, right? They developed Levert. They developed Jared Allen. They developed uh, Dinwiddie, right? So they were the Knicks a couple of years right, ago. They're on they their were, way out of town. Right, but they were in their same process. So the Knicks are making Obi Toppin a uh, 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 a maybe attractive piece. They're making R.J. Barrett an attractive piece. They're trying to make quickly, who I think was a steal for them and played and performed you know, very well last year, attractive piece. And those are all pieces and chips that they can cash in much like the Nets did. So when I look at them, because I was in this town, I've been in this town now for like nine years, I've watched the Nets go from the process where they couldn't get anybody to come out either because they were still stuck underneath the Kevin Durant and Paul Pierce trade that took their future away because they cashed all their chips in to try and win a championship. It didn't work out. They had to blow it up and start off over from scratch. I'm looking at the Knicks, and that's what they're doing. They're developing players until they can say, you know what, we are attractive destination. You know, who knows in a couple of years from now, Zion Williamson is distraught and saying, you know what, I can't, I can't win here, and he wants out, right? So they're making themselves – I mean, you saw how giddy Zion was last year when he was talking about playing in the garden. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, man. All he had to do was, like, you know what I mean, leave a tip. We, okay, we played that – we overplayed that sound in this yeah. film, that's for sure. So I think that's, where, I think that's where the Knicks are, right? They're, yeah. they're making themselves an attractive destination, World Wide West. They're, they're putting the respect back on the Knicks name. And yeah. I think everybody that came in and watched those playoff games was like, man, if I bring my talents there, I get to play in this type of environment? Oh, I can sign up for that. Yeah, fair enough. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. All on America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. So we had a heated discussion earlier with Dan Orlowski. Can I call it heated? I think it was. Oh, it was getting there. It was yeah, getting yeah. There. We we had a hard break, man, because I couldn't disagree with Dan more. I, I mean, know. come on, son. You Bart was me, like Peter. jumping out of his seat, and so now I will let him sound off, even though Bart's or uh, Dan's not with us anymore. But I'll let you do it. It's Keyshawn he, he J. Will tweeting his re, his re, uh, retort. Oh, it, it's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Shay Cornette and Bart Scott filling in for the guys this morning. Okay, so and just let me recap here catch everyone up in case you didn't hear Carson Wentz has a foot injury it does require surgery he is going to be out anywhere between five to 12 weeks it's unfortunate for the fan base and for the Indianapolis Colts especially for the head coach and Frank Wright who put all of his chips into the basket with Carson Wentz well now you got to figure out what
what you're going to do. It looks like Jacob Beeson is the guy. That's who Frank Reich says he's going to look to. But the rest of the world feels like perhaps you go sign a guy like Nick Foles, someone who's the third-string quarterback in Chicago, knows Frank Reich's system, understands Carson Wentz and his psyche. He said himself yesterday that they have a history there. But Dan Orlowski, who has been very opinionated about Carson Wentz for a lot of different reasons, says that perhaps the Foles to the Colts talk, maybe everyone should just slow down on it. To go get Nick Foles right now is a panic move. They said two to three weeks to figure out exactly what the time frame is going to be. After the surgery happens, give it two or three weeks to rest, and then the rehab starts, and they'll have a much greater idea if is it going to be closer to five or six weeks or 12. To go get Nick today means that you are just like, uh, like thinking worst-case scenario. Nick Foles is the greatest backup quarterback in the history of the NFL in my eyes, okay? Incredible career. He couldn't beat out Gardner Minshew and mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky in the last two years. Are we thinking that the Colts, with that first five-game stretch, are going to go 3-2 and two with Nick, who couldn't beat out Gardner and Mitch? Just got a uh, text from Steve Young. He said, man, put some respect on his name. What the hell are you talking about? Best backup of history of all time. But I understand what Dan was trying to say, right? But, you know, at this point, Nick Foles knows who he is, right? Like, he's a guy that understands where he is in his career. He's just trying to collect the bag on his way out, right? This is a guy that almost retired when he was a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Andy Reid had to talk him back, right? And if you're telling me that Carson Wentz's mental psyche is that weak, that he don't understand that he has more football in front of him that's behind him, and Nick Foles is on the other side of that, then I don't want him as my quarterback anyway. Okay, let's hear from Orlowski because we brought this up earlier, and then I'll let you go because I know Bart's, like, blood is boiling right now. Uh, And – Dan says, you know what? The Colts need to avoid repeating the same mistakes they made early on with Carson Wentz. Is bringing Nick Foles or Marcus Mariota or Gardner Minshew or somebody, is it bringing them in here beneficial for us when it comes to Carson Wentz's mindset? Because whatever anybody wants to say, they are still in a process of rebuilding the mental aspect of him, the self-confidence and getting rid of the doubt and the, the self-belief. They are in that process of rebuilding that. And if you go get Nick Foles or a Marcus or somebody like that, I feel right now you're doing what the Eagles did to Carson when they drafted Jalen Hurts. Okay, and so that's what I was referring to, obviously, what happened with the Eagles. And so now he's with the Colts and you don't want to repeat mistakes, yeah. Bart. Carson Wentz got his ass handed to him last season. And it was because that offensive line could not protect him. I mean, everybody's going to lose confidence when your, your head is hitting the turf, you know, 50 times last year, sacked more than anybody. And then, okay, well, maybe it's about him. He had the yips. Well, what did Jalen Hurts do? He got in. He got sacked 12 times. He was one of the most sacked quarterbacks. It was a, it was a protection thing. And any quarterback loses their, their, their moxie and their confidence. Look at Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Did he look real confident when he was scrambling and running for his life? Now, that's instant pressure right there. Look at that. That's not a, a Carson Wentz problem. Now, maybe he wasn't pulling the trigger all the time, but I tell you what, they, were, they didn't protect him, and when you do that, you know, that, that's what happens. I mean, it's totally night and day, right? If you bring Marcus Mariota in, Marcus Mariota still has – ideas in his head, much like Jameis Winston, that he's a starter in his league. So he's in there not being cooperative. He's trying to win the job. I think Nick Foles understands who he is and what his role is now is to be a backup to a starting quarterback. He had his opportunities to be a starter on multiple occasions, and he failed miserably. He understands that. So I think that it's totally different between Carson Wentz and what he dealt with with Nick Foles. Even Nick Foles, you know, in, in Philly. 
This is that was what, three seasons ago. Nick Foles at this point understands that he's a backup. And if you and you're Frank Wright, you bring Nick Foles in and say you're the backup. Carson's the 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 the, the future. I want you to to mentor him, and we're going to try and help build him back up. And I think Carson Wentz. I think that'll take pressure off because what you don't want to talk about, you talk about it's a it's a toughness thing, it's a pain tolerance thing. Listen, you know we all know that the Toradol shot is a real thing. We know that the uh, the um, the cortisol shot is a real thing. We know that the Percocets, and we know that all the medicines that athletes abuse, you know, is because they 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 feel like they have to be available. And I think that we don't want Carson Wentz to go down that road because that's a different road. And what, listen, I'm, I, I played with a totally, I have a totally reconstructed big toe. One thing I know that those injuries, foot injuries, don't heal during the season. Right, that that it won't heal because it won't be able to get an opportunity to get a rest. You got to come back with it fully healed. How you come back and enter it is how it's going to end up. It's not going to get better. You only can hope that you can manage it. And if you bring him back because he feels under pressure to be one in four and feel like he's letting the city down and setting the town the town down, and you start having those narratives on the back of the page, and because you don't have a great backup in Eason and you're losing games, you're going to rush him back too early, and you're going to potentially r- risk re-injuring it. Okay, a few things out there I want to I want to hit on, and you bring up some really good points. Let's start with the Nick Foles conversation. Yeah. He is the third string quarterback right now in Chicago. What are we doing? I mean, if he's not with the Colts, then he's probably going to be with the Jets. Like he's going to be somewhere right. where he is a suitable backup and not a third stringer. The, the Bears don't need him there in that third string position, right. at least not right now. And so it doesn't make sense for him to stay there. And he said yesterday when he spoke to the media, like he's going to continue to try and carve up the third string defense until he finds a place and he can be selective that he's familiar with. Well, he's not familiar with many other places besides with Joe Douglas at the Jets in New York, where they were together in Philly, or Frank Wright in uh, Indianapolis, where right. they were together in Philly as well. Okay, in terms of the psyche for Carson Wentz, I am not going to speak to a, an athlete's psyche. I don't know. I've never played a professional sport in my life. I don't understand what he's going through. But I took the angle, and I have from the beginning, where I thought this would be the best thing for Carson Wentz because, like you said, he knows his role. Nick Foles knows he's not going in to compete for a starting job. He's right. going in to be a placeholder, essentially, until Carson Wentz feels 100%. Right. He knows Carson Wentz's tendencies. He can fill in where he needs to. The two have celebrated at the highest level together. Right. They know that Frank Wright, of anyone in the National Football League, will bring out the best in both of them right. and will tailor the offense to both of them and what they're both good at. Yep. And so I thought this was the best option for his psyche as opposed to bringing in someone else, like you said, like a Marcus Mariota, who would mess with that because he's going in trying to prove that he can still be a starting quarterback in this league. Right. But I do also understand what Dan is trying to say in the fact that, look, if there is any team in the National Football League that is built to bring in someone last minute, whether it's a young guy, an old guy, a not ready guy, whatever it is, the Colts are it. They have a very strong offensive line, a ton of weapons, a solid run game, a great defense. They're good up front on both sides of the ball. I don't need to continue on any further. And so why wouldn't you be able to plug in a guy you drafted for a reason in Jacob Eason to plug and play until Carson Wentz is ready? But does that put more pressure than on Wentz? I don't know. Well, the problem is... The, the the schedule, you know. I don't, right. Listen, Easton can play well in the deep. You can't be one dimensional, run the ball and throw the ball fifteen times and beat the Seattle Seahawks. 
You can't, you can't run the ball and play great defense against the Rams, against the Tennessee Titans, against the Miami Dolphins, against the Baltimore Ravens. Could you imagine being four games below 500 and trying to fight your way out of the basement, possibly in the division? Well, and then all Carson games? Wentz can do is throw the football and try to use his feet and surplant his feet and probably in the wrong, like, because he's going to be playing catch up the entire time because all he's going to try and do is win right. games and get out to early lead. And then look, right? They get a break. They get a break. I give it to them. Okay. They get a break week six. They get the, they get the Texans, right? But then they got San Francisco and they have the Titans again, right? So it, it can go bad early when you start giving guys and it creates a bad locker room, right? Because, you know, if you lose hope early in the season, it's hard to dig it out, right? And I think if you have Nick Foles for right here and you have some of these RPOs and he can play fast and then – because you, you can't – your quarterbacks don't have to make some plays, yeah. right? And, you know, I, I, I'd rather have a guy like Carson – I mean, a guy like Nick Foles to say I want to trust that he can make some plays in offense that he's going to be confident and he can play and get, maybe catch fire and win us a couple of those games. And then he brought up like, oh, why would you want to pay, you know, $10 million when, when the hit is really $4 million because we talked to Tannenbaum. He said the hit was really $4 million. And the Colts are $13 million underneath the salary cap. That wouldn't even hurt them at all. And that falls off the books the very next year. So if you got to do something, go make sure that you get insurance and that you get the best possible place because this is a team that has aspirations of winning a Super Bowl title, right? Not just going to the playoffs. And if you can just – just hold this, just hold the line. Just hold the line so Tricky Nicky can go on there, hold the line, and Wentz can get back. You still have the opportunity to still be able to achieve those goals. It's unfortunate for the Colts that they don't have a bye week until week 14. Man, could they have used that early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So one of the most polarizing quarterback conversations in all of football is one that we have not talked not nearly enough about. Don't worry, it is not an Aaron Rodgers conversation. We'll tell you what it is next right here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Michael is in Queens. Michael, what's up, man? And as far as key goes and the diva, key, you're so diva, it's more like Kiva should be your new name. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So after a sluggish start, Team USA basketball beat Spain 95-81 to thanks to a team-high 29-point performance from Kevin Durant. USA improved to 13-0 all-time head-to-head against Spain in the Olympics and will now face the winner of Australia and Argentina in the semifinals on Thursday. 
Uh, USA shot 63% in the second half after shooting only 38% in the first half. The United States trailed by as many as 10 points. Ricky Rubio had 38 points, the most by any Spanish player in Olympics history and the most all-time against the United States in Olympics history. Simone Biles takes bronze in the balance beam final. Biles returned to the competition floor this morning after she withdrew from the women's team final and other individual events to focus on her mental health. Biles also won the bronze medal in the balance beam at the 2016 Games in Rio. It was the seventh medal of Biles' Olympic career, the second in Tokyo, matching Shannon Miller for the most by any athlete, male or female, in gymnastics in Team USA history. Day one of NBA free agency is officially in the books with over $1.5 billion spent in the first six hours alone, and that is excluding extensions to Jimmy Butler, Trey Young, and Shea Gildas-Alexander. Other notable deals included Kyle Lowry signing with the Heat, Chris Paul staying with the Suns, Mike Conley remaining in Utah, and Lonzo Ball joining the Bulls. Sports Center is brought to you by Indeed. Hiring is becoming your second job. Well, then quit the hassle and get on Indeed. You'll find great candidates fast with instant match. Just sponsor and post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. NFL Training Camp 2021 with Keyshawn Johnson. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger is back in the fold. They drafted Najee Harris on the offensive side of the ball. But it's going to be interesting to see what the offensive line looks like in training camp. Juju Smith signed back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know what they have on the offense with Big Ben. Defensively, losing Bud Dupree is a major factor on what they can be. It's still an unknown within this division. You've got the Baltimore Ravens. You've got the Cleveland Browns. And you got the Cincinnati Bengals, which are much improved. This is the biggest season ever. The countdown to the NFL season continues. Weekday mornings with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. All right, so in case you don't know... NFL training camps fully underway and the Hall of Fame game. The first preseason game is Thursday. So we're like two sleeps away for football being fully back. Yeah. Feels good. Two sleeps. I mean, I'm about. You're like one and a half sleeps. Six hours. (laughs) Six hours of sleep in two days. Let's do it. I hear you. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. I'm Shea Cornette. He is Bart Scott filling in for the guys this morning. And so with this, you know, the NFL essentially returning in preseason form and just two sleeps, there was a recent article on ESPN, and they asked 32 beat writers to list their biggest questions surrounding each team. And for the Raiders, it was if cars entering a make-or-break season in Las Vegas. And so this got us thinking, which quarterbacks in the National Football League are going to have a make-it season or a break-it season? Let's bring in our producer, Evan, here, and he's going to lay out some QBs for us, and we're going to decide, is it a make-it season or a break-it season? Bart, you ready? Hammer time. Let's F, do it. Yep. Let's so, do it. So we've already decided it is a make-or-break season for all these guys, so we're going to ask you, are they going to make it? Are they going to break it? First one up is Derek Carr. Bart? This is a tough one for me, not because Derek Carr isn't, you know, a good quarterback, but it's just the division in which he plays in. I think Herbert has passed him as the second best quarterback within the division with a much better team. And also you have, you know, Kansas City who, you know, arguably has the best quarterback in the league. 
So just because of that, the third best team or the third best quarterback rarely makes it to the postseason, and which is going to leave that you know the Las Vegas Raiders desiring and wanting more. That's why Marcus Mariota is one of the highest paid backups there on the roster because John Gruden is always flirting with somebody else's quarterback. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Look, uh, earlier today we had Mike Tannenbaum on, and Derek Carr kind of came up, and you're right. He's the third best quarterback in that division. And so – I feel like every single year we are talking about if Derek Carr is going to have a make it or break it season. Yep. It truly feels like that to me. At one point, he was the highest paid quarterback, um, but it just it never feels like it's enough, whether it's with John Gruden yep. or someone else. And again, when you're in the same category as Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and you're going to have to face those dudes twice in a year, it's going to be a problem. Of course, it's a make it or break it season. When you have a quarterback guru as your head coach, you better figure it out this year. And and- Crazy thing is, he's beating Patrick Mahomes. He's like five and one against yeah. Kansas City. But it's never he can't beat nobody else. No, but then what? What happened the second time they played Kansas City last year? Or like the wheels fell off the second half of the season last year. And when you can't put it all on your quarterback, yeah. then it's a problem. You should be able to anything put it on your quarterback, and they weren't able to do that last year. And Aaron Rodgers might be available next offseason. Who's next? Tua Tonga Vailoa. Will he make uh. it or will he break it? You know what? I think he did, you know, the, the scarlet letter that he has to wear, and if he struggles early on, it's the fact that he said that he didn't know the playbook last year. So, I mean, you, we always think that, oh, Alabama players are better equipped to come in because they're pretty much playing for a professional college team. And, you know, he struggled to the fact where they had to put Fitzmagic in to come in and close out games because he just had no shot or idea where to go with the ball. This is a team that is in their window, and they're hoping that the window can be with a cheap quarterback. We know that they have the draft equity to make a trade for a guy like Deshaun Watson, who they checked on before. If Tua, you know, does struggles and, and Watson isn't, you know, traded this year in the offseason, I think that, you know, you look at the Miami Dolphins, they might decide to make a move. Okay, they're coming off a 10-win season. Uh, I'm not even going to do the make-a-move thing. I'm going to just let him have that one right there. Miami Dolphins are coming off a 10-win season. Um, They had just six wins over the three seasons prior to that. The last time they had consecutive 10-win seasons was 2000 and 2001. Maybe it doesn't sound like that was a long time, but it was like 20 years ago, people. So it's been a minute since the Miami Dolphins were consistently good in back-to-back years. Tua Tungavailoa, I remember seeing video of him walking in and out of Dolphins training camp um, last year, you know, obviously right before training camp started and he still had kind of a weird gait to him like he still was overcoming that hip injury and I think that took a little bit of time for him to get accustomed to what was going on the speed of the game like we talk about with any quarterback in the National Football League and so this year he has a fresh slate he's coming in healthy he's coming in knowing what's expected of him he knows he doesn't have someone breathing down his shoulder in in Ryan Fitzpatrick and so he's gonna have to overcome adversity in late game situations and hopefully that pushes him over the top all of that to say is this is 100% a make it season for Tua ah. Tungavailoa, and I think he overcomes it. Okay, you had me nervous for a minute. I'm going to skip the next one because I know Bart's going to say Ben Roethlisberger is going to make it. I know Shea's going to say he's going to break <sighs> really? it. So we're going to move on. Jameis Winston, make or break season? Jameis Winston, what do you got? All right, it's definitely a make or break season for Jameis Winston. No, is it make or is he going to break? Oh, um, I think he's going to break. Because I think no Michael Thomas, you're going to put too much on Kamara. So that means no risk it, no biscuit. That means he's going to be going throwing the guys who aren't open, who can't create the separation that he needs. He's a good quarterback. He can throw for a lot of yards, but he also can turn the ball over, which he's you know probably been the most you know you know he didn't play last year and he's still up to the tops as far as three year totals of you know turnovers. Yeah. So I think um, you know maybe this is a failed project and they decide to go with you know Taysom Hill late in the season. 
Um, I, I, look, I'm with you. I think it's a break it season. I'm shocked you went that way. I thought for sure you would say it was a make it season for Jameis Winston, but mm. nonetheless, I am like team Taysom Hill, um, here all the way. And I know that the saints like to keep it simple. They have a conservative passing attack situation. I know that it has been beaten over. Everyone's had how much Jameis Winston turns the ball over, but it's not even just that it's like when he's passing from the pocket, Taysom Hill has better numbers, um, yards per attempt. Taysom Hill has better numbers, uh, passes thrown less than 10 yards down the field. Taysom Hill has better numbers. Um, and so for me, the Saints' way to victory is just to play Taysom Hill and not Jameis Winston. And, and that's just what I think is going to happen. And when he does go in, I think he's going to be turnover prone still, no matter what organization he's with. And so it's a break it season for me for Jameis Winston, unfortunately. <clears throat> Next one, Cam Newton. Will he make it or will he break Cam. it in New England? I think he'll make it, but I don't think that he'll you – know, listen, all right, I'll answer your question. I think he's going to make it because this is the most user-friendly offense team roster in all of football. They have the best offensive line in the game right now. They have two tight ends, which gives you scheme versatility and puts a personnel grouping out there that really is going to make other teams struggle. With that being said, I think eventually the mac and cheese is going to be able to, to supplant him late in the year, but it's not going to be because Cam's play. It's going to be because you know they're going to want a more accurate quarterback who can put the ball where it's supposed well, to be. Well, that would be Cam's play then. He's not being accurate. Yeah, but he's, he, I think they're still going to have great win totals, but they're going to see the future, and he's gonna, he knows that he's moving on. He's not going to play for $3.5 million, and I think they're going to sit him down late in the season, much like we saw like with um, Alex Smith when, when, or Joe Flacco. When you have a young quarterback that is the future, they're going to make that transition. And you know, I think whether they're in playoff contention or not, I think it's going to be mac and cheese. I think uh, it's a make-it season for Cam Newton, and I think Bill Belichick is going to ride this until the wheels fall off. Bill Belichick does not seem someone that's like going to just throw in Mac Jones when he's sort of ready. He wants him to be fully ready. I mean, look, we saw how long it took for him to finally come around on Jimmy Garoppolo, and now Jimmy Garoppolo is somewhere else. He rode the hot hand in Tom Brady, and I'm not comparing Cam Newton to Tom Brady, although it kind of just did. But I do think this year Cam Newton is going to – thrive really in that offense I think Josh McDaniels knows his tendencies better understands his strengths and weaknesses better Um, hopefully COVID is out of the way that doesn't become a factor anymore and of course the Patriots are getting better all around on offense and defense with guys returning and who they sign in free agency so make it season give me Cam Newton all the way last one Sam Darnold in Carolina make it or break it oh go ahead this is definitely a make it for me. I mean, you talk about Sam Darnold. I think he's going to put himself back in the same light as Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. You know, I think, you know, the Jets did a disservice to him, not being able to protect him, not giving him weapons on the outside. This is a team that's ready to win. He's going to have the ultimate um, Swiss Army knife and McCaffrey. He's going to have a run game. He reunites with that man right there, Robbie Anderson, who he has synergy with, you know, who, you know, had close to 1,000 yards receiving. You know, they just had the knack for making a big play and then he got guys like DJ Moore and he has a bunch of, of, of weapons around him I think he's going to show exactly what he is still at the tender age of 23 it's funny that you look at you know Sam Darnold and Joe Burrow is older than he is uh okay you, you make a lot of good points and I want to put Sam Darnold in that same category with Teddy Special. Bridgewater Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield however um he is throwing interceptions left and right at training camp right now for the Carolina Panthers. Okay. And while I wanted to put all this on Adam Gates and the Jets, trust me, I did. Mm-hmm. When you're showing up to training camp and you're not even pads and you're going up against your own guys and you're mm-hmm. throwing interceptions like day three, Push, mm. pushing his limits. I don't feel so good about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I wish I could ride with you, but I'm going to say break it season. Unfortunately for Sam Darnold. I will bet you some Bojangles.
Okay, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> some boat. Can I still get some nuggets though, even if we or some tenders? I should say, even if I lose. We bet Bojangles, baby. Yeah, I, I do like some Bojangles. I mean, we will see. We'll get much more on Sam Darnold with Steve Smith Senior here in about thirty minutes as we will go. Um, yeah, Steve to Smith Panthers Senior. camp. We do. Okay. So we'll get the latest on that. Yeah, habitual line stepper too. This should be interesting. All right. Uh, <laughs> He's a habitual line stuffer. The latest on Carson Wentz's injury, and if we will see Dak on Thursday night in the Hall of Fame game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's after Bart has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Carson had an old foot injury that was a broken foot sometime in high school that he did not know was broken. And then what happened the other day was just the right pressure at the right time, the right movement, that little broken bone that was in there that was lodged in comes loose. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. All right, yep, Carson Wentz oh, going to be out somewhere between 5 to 12 weeks because he needed some surgery on that foot. It's not a good situation right now in Indianapolis, but one that hopefully they will overcome. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornette. He is Bart Scott filling in for the guys this morning. Let's bring in Adam Schefter on that Goodyear Hotline. He's our ESPN senior NFL insider. Good morning to you, Shefty. So I laid it out. Five to 12 weeks is the diagnosis, it sounds like, for Carson Wentz. And so how do you expect the Colts organization to approach this? Well, it's a broad range, Shay, and of course, 5 to 12 weeks is not a diagnosis you normally hear, but the fact of the matter is the Colts want to see how Carson Wentz is progressing after he begins to rehab after the surgery he had yesterday afternoon in Indianapolis, and so they want to take a look at that before they make any determination. I think they believe that he's going to be closer to 5 than 12. Again, he's got a long injury history, though a little bit fragile, so they want to make sure that he's okay. And I think while they wait, they're not planning to do anything at the quarterback position right now. Right now, they believe 
that Carson Wentz will be back sooner rather than later, and that it'll be closer to five weeks than it will be 12 weeks. Now, maybe that's six, seven weeks, which would knock him out of a couple of games. But I think that they think and hope that Jacob Eason, the former fourth-round draft pick, can hold things together until Carson Wentz returns, whenever that is. And they believe, again, that it'll be sooner rather than later. And so all this talk about Nick Foles and Marcus Mariota and all the other quarterbacks that the Colts should pursue, that right now is tabled. That right now is not an option. It could be an option a few weeks from now if they find that his rehab is coming along slower than they expected and it looks like he's going to be taking more time than they thought, but that's not the way they're thinking today coming out of the surgery that Carson Wentz had yesterday. All right, so I'll table that for right now. Um, well, I guess what I need to know is to dig more deeply into what Jacob Eason is and how they plan or how this offense may look different or how do they tailor this offense to Jacob Eason to give him the best chance to be successful. Because even if he's only there starting quarterback for two games, their beginning of their schedule is brutal when you think about who yeah. they have to face coming out of the blocks. And you don't want to get too far you know, behind, you know, you know, below 500, understanding that you have the Tennessee Titans, you know, in that same division. Yeah, that's right, Bart. I think what you're looking at here is a team that has been built to make a deep push into the postseason. And I think that what they hope and believe is that Jacob Eason can lean on that supporting cast and have them help carry him to where they need to be until Carson Wentz gets back, whether that's right or not. But again, this is a guy who's got a big arm, but they don't need him to have the big arm. What they need him to do is to hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor, drop it off to Naheem Hines, not turn it over, count on an improved upstart defense, lean on a roster that has been built to make that deep postseason push that continually has been snake bit at the quarterback position. Keep in mind, this is a roster that, with Andrew Luck, I think would have competed for a Super Bowl year in and year out. And then Andrew Luck makes the surprise decision to walk away from the game and retire right before the season begins. And then Of course, they trade for Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz suffers the foot injury that now is going to knock him out 5 to 12 weeks. This team's had bad luck at the Mm -hmm. quarterback position, just bad luck when the rest of the roster has been ready to make a deep run into January and February. Talking to M. Schefter right now, our ESPN senior NFL insider here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Let's go to the 49ers, okay? The, the Kyle Shanahan said it is unlikely that Trey Lance will start week one, and he said Jimmy G has been impressive. Obviously, he's got that veteran status as well. So what is this telling you about Jimmy Garoppolo, that he could probably be the starter for the entirety of the season or that Trey Lance just needs a little bit more time? What it means is that Jimmy Garoppolo has risen to the challenge so far through the early part of camp, and he's played better than they expected him to play. And I think you see this happen sometimes when teams go out and make moves at the quarterback position. A certain player feels insulted. If Bart's playing linebacker and the Ravens go out and draft a linebacker, well, Bart may step up his performance that year. And I think that's exactly what's going on right now with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. He's always been a good player. That's not an issue, right? But the fact that they went out and traded to move up to go get a quarterback, I think he took as a personal insult. And it's motivated him to come in a little feistier into training camp, Mm -hmm. and he's looked great. John Lynch, the general manager, had him on my podcast that we're going to post later today. He said this is the best that John Jimmy Garoppolo has ever looked. He's never seen him play better football. Now, I know it's only a week into training camp, but there are little glimpses that you can take away 
from that one week of training camp, and Jimmy Garoppolo has provided them so far to the point that Kyle Shanahan said yesterday that it's hard to imagine that Trey Lance would open the season, game one, as the 49ers week one regular season starter. Chef, you talk about stepping your game up. Josh Allen stepped his game up last year, took it to a next level. Was you know, you know, maybe an MVP uh, dark horse last year. You know, um, do how are contract talks going, and do we expect you know one of the big three quarterbacks from the class of 2018 to get a deal done before training camp is over? Listen, Bart. If I were one of those quarterbacks, I would not be in any rush to sign a contract right now. They are all in positions where they've been paid pretty handsomely so far, and they're going to make a lot more money. The cap is going to go up, way up, not down. Yeah. And so, to me, it's up to these teams. If I were a team, I'd want to get my quarterback, if I believed in him, signed to a long-term deal. I wouldn't want to wait, and the number is only going to go up. And I think right now, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, the three quarterbacks you're referencing, are all in the same category. None of them right now are close to signing a deal. All of them are going to get paid. None of them look like they are going to have a deal in place by the time training camp ends. We'll see whether any one of them gets a deal done by the start of the season. Right now, today, it doesn't look that way. It could always change. Negotiations can change in a moment's notice, but none of them are close to a deal today. And again, if Josh Allen plays the way he did last year, what's the price going to be? You name the number. Yeah. $42 million, $45 million, $50 million. Who knows? It's only going to go up. He's got two years left this year and the option year next year. Plenty of time to work out a deal for all these guys. Interesting stuff. That's Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL uh, insider. Thank you so much, Shefty. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, Shane Bart. See you later. Uh, that's Adam Schefter joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Some interesting stuff, and he's right. It would make more sense. It would be be who of these three quarterbacks to wait it out and yeah. see how much money they could get a year from now. But if you're the organization, you want to try and give these guys, you know, guaranteed money because one of these guys, it's, it's, it's hard to say, okay, I'm going to give you $42 million mm-hmm. and you say, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to wait that out, right? Yeah. So you want to try and sign them early because you know the price is only going to go up and who's going to set the market. We will see. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Dubin is brought to you by Indeed. Is hiring becoming your second job? Quit the hassle and get on Indeed. You'll find great candidates fast with Instant Match. Just sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Okay, so the Hall of Fame game just two sleeps away. What is the best and worst case scenario for the Cowboys and Steelers? We'll dive in next on KJZ on ESPN Radio.